What's up, everyone? It's your boy, Cam. And on today's episode, we have pastor, coach, and author of his newly published book, Being is Greater Than Doing, How to Awaken Your Passion, Embrace Your Pain, Earn Your Power, and Establish Your Principles, all the way from the west coast of Canada, Vancouver to be exact, my friend, Ryan Liu. So, Ryan, what motivated you to write this book? Great question. About two years ago, I read this book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter Schizero. And uh, in this book, Schizero talks about this term differentiation. And differentiation is a psychology term used to describe the ability of a person to make decisions and choices based off of their beliefs and values. So a pers- uh, how differentiated a person is will depend on how often the person makes choices according to their said beliefs and values. And if we can be honest with ourselves, none of us make choices and decisions 100% of the time based off of our perceived or said values and beliefs. For sure. In the book, Schizero uses the story of David and Goliath to, um, uh, accent, uh, to, to just give flesh to this, to this term. And so he describes how David, before entering into battle with Goliath, is given the opportunity by the king to wear his armor and to fight with his sword. As we know in the story, though, David uses his slingshot and a few rocks to defeat Goliath. The the point of the story, or one of the points of the story, Schizero suggests and argues, is that we need to make choices in life based off of who we are. If David fought, if David, a 13 year old shepherd fought with a full suit of armor and a sword, he would have lost. But Mm -hmm. David realized that that is not how God had made him. And he was formed in uh, the wilderness, and he was formed, uh, trained to fight not with sword and armor, but with a slingshot and rocks. And so David defeats Goliath. And therefore, yeah, so after reading the book and learning about this idea of differentiation and and how David truly defeated Goliath, I started wondering how often have I received other people's armor and other people's weapons? Mm. How many of the decisions have I made actually been other people's decisions and and not my own uh, based off of my skill set and how God has made me? Um, So I decide, hey, I think one of my slingshots is, is writing. And, and, and really that's how I can best, you know, give value, add value to people's lives. And so I said, Hey, why don't I go write a book? 
<laughs> and, um, and in terms of topics, let's write about the topic that actually got me to write the book, which is differentiation, what I will call as simply self-awareness and, and, and living out of who we are. So being is greater than doing uh, comes about doing uh, is the, 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 the title or the book is not about how we should do less or do nothing, but that our quote fighting should be done from slingshots and not from other people's armors and weapons. And so the first question is, what is your slingshot? Who are you? And from that, then we understand how to live, how to fight in life. Wow, that's that's amazing, man. Talking about <laughs> like, no problem. Now talking about self awareness, you have, yeah. you have a part in the book about awakening your passion. Now, for any yeah. of our listeners out there who maybe have many different interests, how could they go about awakening their passion? Great question. I think the the first part is to to recognize the difference between interests and passions. Uh, right now, I have an interest in, in reading biographies, mm. but I really don't know how I could, um, I don't think I'd ever wanna write a biography. I don't know how I could make a living or support a family off of reading biographies. And so for me, reading biographies is is an interest right now at least right now not a passion okay pa- passion is is this is this strong intense desire you know um maybe it's not the same as love but it has something to do with with love and i think it's always important to go back to the original meaning the original language which is passio uh, in latin to mean suffering that i think that that was that was wonderful how you um explained that man thank you yeah like you know um passio like compassion is is two words come and pat and passio uh, come mm-hmm. mean with together and and passio meaning suffering so to have compassion for someone is to to suffer with them. It's not just to, to feel sorry for them, it's to actually suffer with them. And so when we talk about passion, we got to talk about what makes us suffer in, mm-hmm. in a good sense. What are we willing to sacrifice in life uh, for that object of our passion? Um, children, uh, spouse, family, career, God, um, justice, whatever it is, uh, I think the one of the first steps in figuring out our true passion is to ask ourselves, what am I willing to sacrifice for? Or how much am I willing to sacrifice for this cause, for this thing, for this person? Um, I, I yeah, and and I think it does take a, a lifetime really to discern or determine what we're really passionate about, and also the 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 priority list or the yeah the priority list of 
of all these said passions because we have more than one for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I would just start by asking, like, what do you love? Who do you love? Um, and then and then work your way from there. I like it. As you said earlier, if that internal asking yourself right so i think yeah. as you say I mean, you could always turn it back around and be like well how can i answer this question so right yeah man that's great so you. Yeah. you know this whole book you dropped so many gems man and your first <laughs> chapter you titled yeah. it who's the boss you're the boss now that's a term that i use on a daily basis with family and friends yeah. however how can someone feel like they're a boss if they're working with someone else yeah great question uh, for for first of all, um, you know it's you got to read the chapter, but you know I I I define boss a little bit differently than I think most of us would use it. You know I I you know a, a colleague of mine he'll he'll say hey boss how's it going he he's more than a colleague he's a he's a superior you know one of the managers and he goes hey boss and I'm like oh like hey like I'm obviously not his boss but it's a sign it's a term of of affection endearment respect yeah that's not not really the the term that i'm talking about here uh in my in my book i talk about boss hood boss hood as this way of being and it's recognizing that we as people as individuals are responsible for other people and 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 other things so mm. good bosses like the best bosses in the world in our workplaces are the ones who actually care about those that they oversee and that they manage and are not looking just to have them be more productive but to have them thrive and flourish in their in their position um and also to to do the best for their clients and as well for the company it's 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 multifaceted the boss cares about everyone and not just about one person particularly themselves um but cares about everyone and so when i say people you're a boss cameron uh what i'm saying <laughs> is that there are all these people whether you know it or not that, whose lives are influenced and impacted by you and i think one of the first steps in in truly embracing who we are to to really living out of our being is to recognize that our lives influence impact people for better and for worse um and to not be afraid of that ability to respond uh, that responsibility but to to embrace it and to to look to be excited about it um and to recognize yeah like i can make people's lives better um you know mothers fathers they instinctively understand their bosshood for their children. Yeah. I think that needs to be expanded um, for everyone um, to, to include not just family members, but friends, colleagues, even of people across the world. How we spend our, our money, 
um, the the food that we eat, um, all the little things that we do have you know ripple effects in the world. Um, and so yeah, when um, you know you're working for somebody else, we all really work for somebody else. Very few of us can be you know CEOs or entrepreneurs, but even them, they are still tied to the client to 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 boards nobody is truly freely independent um but true bosshood is is recognizing that in all of life uh we are are free to uh to kind of live our own life for the sake of other people so yeah maybe between nine to five someone tells you what to do but afterwards Mm -hmm. you have tons of ability to volunteer to 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 mentor other people to to read books that bring you greater understanding and and insight Uh, there's a lot of things that you can do in your 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 quote spare time uh, to help other people That's so true, man. Uh, and it's crazy what you said about even the CEO. I was just talking on another yeah. day to a person about um, entrepreneurs. And you know, they told me that, you know, Cameron, even though you are, you could be a CEO, you could be entrepreneurs, you said about the client thing, you've still got to work for them. You're providing a service <laughs> for someone, yeah. you know? So um, that's great. So we are forever evolving. Yes. And for someone who may be having trouble figuring out what their passion is in life, what is their purpose? How could they go about doing that? Yeah, man, that's a, that's a big question. I think one of the, the first things that, that really helped me is to recognize the difference between purpose and path or purpose and plan. Uh, one of my former mentors and uh, teachers told me, that God has a great purpose for you and not just a narrow plan for your life. Uh, a lot of people want to know their the plan, the path, and that is really burdensome in a lot of ways. Uh, it's weighty because if you make the wrong decision, if you go off the path, then you're you're screwed. You don't get to the goal if you start going sideways or in a different direction. But if we think about life as having a a grand purpose, uh, to think of it as that there are actually maybe many ways in which we can accomplish a goal, that it's not just one direction, um, that life really is more more like a journey, uh, a marathon rather than a sprint. Hopefully that can at least first relieve a lot of the pressure and the the stress in feeling that we have to know everything right now, that we have to know our passion, we have to know our, our purpose and be living in it right now. That's a really millennial concept no no one before our age no generation has been so focused on that i think than than Mm -hmm. ours but people back then were happy as well 
so my my first suggestion is first is to is to just relax you know <laughs> and and to yeah. to to be grateful for what we have and to enjoy this journey um always believing that whatever is happening right now even if it's not exactly what we want it to be like that shapes our character you know that shapes and forms our being and i think in turn that character development that becoming will positively impact our our doing in the future um it might feel like that's not true um but i think in retrospect we can always think of times where we've suffered where we um just didn't feel that awesome and then see how it actually turned out for the better in the future does that answer your question um you can ask oh, yeah. you can like yeah. clarify or ask again no that, that i think i think what you said is, is wonderful because you know i do i know i didn't coin this term i'm sure you heard the term you know they call us the microwave generation and i think it's because we have so much in, instant gratification right in front of our face if it's other instagram yeah. if it's other what you see on social media so you know um yeah i think what you said sometimes you just gotta relax yeah. as you said you know know that this is a journey yeah. and we are forever becoming which is what your books yeah. are about you know? and you just brought up a, a, a few couple great points um you know one i think it's like rethinking what purpose is when when most of us think mm. purpose we think of an activity like something that we should do or should be doing and the purpose of my book is actually to say that the purpose of our life is to become somebody that where wherever you find yourself if you're becoming a more wiser more calm peaceful loving joyful um person a more whole mature person then you are accomplishing your your purpose because the people who become better people more loving joyful wiser people are going to end up accomplishing more truly good and lasting work in their lives than any person who disregards their character and simply puts all their efforts in in doing stuff um yeah the the bible which is which is where i get kind of most of my understanding from from growth uh uses a lot of agricultural metaphors and, and analogies to describe growth um of course it's written you know 2000 and and 3 4 5000 years ago right over many 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 years yeah. um donald miller is the uh i think the ceo and the founder of uh, storyline uh, it's a marketing agency to help companies brand themselves according to story. Um, at a at a conference, uh, I think, yeah, at a, one of his conferences that I went to, he said he said this thing that I'll always remember. The reason why we don't understand personal and spiritual growth is because we don't understand agriculture. And mm. what he said was, we often like you said, 
our microwave generation. We think about microwaving, but how people grow is by marinating. Um, and and so we need to to marinate uh, and 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 enjoy that process, that slow process, rather than seeking seeking the instant gratification that you talked about, the the microwaving. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that's right. And, you know, talking about you know all those characteristics that we should have, like you said, peace, love, even boldness. You know, yeah. in your book, you have a great section about leadership. And, you know, you cover so many great leaders from the likes of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Beyonce, John Maxwell. (laughs) And my my question was to you is, what leadership leadership qualities do you desire to have? And can you give us a definition of leadership? Man, there there are so many, you know. Usually, most of the the pithy ones are from John Maxwell. You know, um, John Maxwell yeah. says, "You're not a leader unless people follow you." I think that's a that's a good start. Unless people want actually want your advice and your opinions and things, only then are you uh, a leader. Um, in the in the classical definition, you know. Um, mm-hmm. another one that I usually tell people is leaders, uh, push people at a rate of discomfort that they are comfortable with. Um, yeah. so growth, uh, change, um, anything worth happening, getting takes work, takes conflict and a good leader motivates, pulls, and pushes people at a rate of conflict that people can handle. If it's too much conflict, people give up. If there's not enough conflict, then people don't reach their goals. And so my personal belief is that a leader is one who equips people to, to be their their best selves and in turn live their their best life it they 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 you know the best leaders are parents um they Mm. they they put they motivate and inspire other people to motivate and inspire other people and and so on and so forth no i i agree and me you brought up an interesting point about being uncomfortable you know this year i am trying to learn a little better about how I could be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because I think, it, as you said, I think, you know, that's where, you know, um, you truly get to know who you are. That's where you really see those seeds start to go, right? So I like the fact that you brought up um, the uncomfortable part because sometimes in life we think that we went on easy, but at the end of the day, you know, without any pain or pressure, it won't be no diamond, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, I think I'm glad you brought that up. So, Talking about sometimes going through pain and different things, we all know that life doesn't always go planned out how we would like it to go. In your book, you talk about you talk about embracing your pain. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So going back to self awareness, we can focus a lot of our on our strengths, uh, on our passions, but if we don't recognize and yeah, if we don't recognize our our pain 
embrace our pain, if we don't recognize our blind spots, our weaknesses, our limitations, there's only so far we can go. There, we can only go so far. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, when I talk about this idea of embracing pain, first of all, I want to challenge people and say, are the things that you're doing actually based out of a sense of uh, neediness or worthlessness or a deficit? Um, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, do things because they want to achieve, succeed because they like the attention. Or maybe some people try to, to, to get up really high and, and earn a lot of money uh, because they're just afraid that they can count on nobody except for, you know, intangible. They can only count on tangible objects like mm. a house and, and, and money, financial stability. And so first I would say, you know, is what are the what are the motivations behind what you're doing and are they actually are they healthy um right going back to to passion right um mm -hmm. passion means suffering uh, all of us have different passions in in life um the the enneagram which is a, a personality tool that I, I love to use uh, says that there are nine passions, uh, nine personalities. Um, and essentially there are nine different ways in which we uh, cause suffering in our lives. Uh, for some people, it's anger. Uh, the most angriest people in the world tend to be people that are very on the outside, good people. Um, yeah. They're, ang they're good people, though, because they're so angry at themselves and angry at other people that they decide to live lives of being good people. But in the inside, it's actually motivated by not the best of motives. And I could go into all of them. Okay. Uh, but when I talk about embracing your pain, it's about acknowledging that the reason we do stuff, a lot of the t the, a re the reason why we do things is often a mixture of good and unhealthy motives. And so to first be aware of our motives, I think, is a key in becoming our best. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. Talk about motives is so true. Why do you want to get to that, you know, next level or why is it that you want um, that achievement? You're right. So I think we talk about your motives. I think that's a big thing. I think that's one thing that we all have to make sure we, um, you know, check ourselves on. Like, what is your motive behind wanting that? Thing? Right. Now, if there's one thing you want people to remember while they're on their journey of excellence, yeah. what would that be? You know, I, I think I've already touched on this earlier in our conversation. But it's, it's really the title of, of my book. It's that being is greater than doing. Um, that yeah. the, the, the journey to excellence, um, the joy is found in the journey, you know, not mm. in 
the destination, not in the goal, not in the excellence once it's reached, if it can ever be reached. But that life is this this marinating of our of our soul um, in which we get sweeter and tastier and and more delicious to the world and to people's lives. Um, I think if if there's one thing that I would want everyone to know, it's that who we are, who we are becoming is so much more important than than what we do. Um, when we know who we are, uh, we'll know what to do. That's a that's a phrase I'll always remember from Craig Rochelle. When we know who we are, we'll know what to do. And so, you know, learn more about yourself. Learn more about your passions, the things you love, the people you love. Learn about your pain, the 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 unhealthy motives behind your decisions in life. Um, discover what you believe in. Discover your gifts and your strengths, and and then to just enjoy that journey of not knowing where life is going to go, where life is going to end. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I like that man. I think you summed that up well, and you know I I know our listeners are going to enjoy that one. I mean, enjoy this whole conversation you had. I mean, it's been so impactful. And um, before we let you go, yeah, though, yeah. you know, where could people find being as great and doing as well as where, where could they follow you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Cam. Yeah. First of all, man, you're just, you're such an encourager and I just want to say thank you for allowing me to be the, the first guest on your podcast. It's, it really is um, an honor and, and a privilege. And, and I thank you very much um appreciate yeah um you can you can get my book uh being is greater than doing on on amazon it's uh, available on uh a kindle paperback as well as audiobook i do the reading myself <laughs> and that was yes a- which you do a great job thank, at, man. thank you <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a journey in and of itself um you can get the first four chapters first four parts um, of the book on uh, its website or my website beingisgreater.com and uh, yeah if you uh, uh, just uh, give me your email and your name I'll send you uh, the first four chapters and then you can just stay up uh, stay up to date with with what's going on um, with my with my work and life I'm already writing my next book um, on the Enneagram, that personality tool that I talked about. I love it to death. Yes. And I, I really <laughs> believe it can help more people. And um, I want to be a part of that process and helping people discover uh, who they are and embracing all that uh, they are and can be. Um, and for anyone who subscribes um, uh, to my email list, they'll find out uh, some uh, special deals in the future about a course that I'm making, uh, which will hopefully guide, really walk with people um, through through the Enneagram and helping them discover themselves. So uh, you can do that at beingasgreater.com or ryanlouis.com, where 
you can find a few blog posts that I've written as well. R-Y-A-N-L-U-I dot com. All that information, I'm going to make sure I put in the description Thanks, bro. so Thank our you. listeners yeah. could um, check you out. And um, as I said, I appreciate all your kind words, man. You're doing big things. God's using you to touch people with your words and with your books. He said you're writing your next book already. So, um, yeah, man, I'm looking forward Thanks. to what the future brings you. And um, I look forward to speaking to you soon. Yeah. Yeah, no, once again, hey, thanks for this opportunity. And yeah, it's it's been great. Thanks, Ryan. We'll be talking yeah, soon. Bless you, man. Bless you, brother. I want to thank Ryan for coming on today's episode. If you want to learn more on Ryan and we can get a copy of his book, Being is Greater Than Doing, check out his website, ryanlu.com slash resources follow me on my instagram at cameron bolden and head over to my website journeyofexcellence.co finally i want to thank you guys for listening i look forward to continuing our journey next time see you later